When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I wake up, well, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. What's up, Student Nation? Here we go, another episode of the podcast, and a week from now, uh, we're going to be talking about Oklahoma UTEP in the season opener. We're actually going to be breaking down a football game, talking about some X's and O's and some players um, that need to have big games, some players that might surprise us, and some players that we have question marks about. That's all coming up next week, but right now we're still in preseason mode. We've got some recruiting things to talk about. We've got some um, some budget things to talk about. we got we got a lot to going on here, uh, and uh, so this is a new episode, and we're glad you're here with us. You know, we always want to start out with recruiting. Uh, it's always a good early topic to pick up. And I think Oklahoma gets uh, gets another member of their 2022, excuse me, 2023 recruiting class on Friday. Uh, coming up Friday, 26th of August, Makari Vickers is going to be making his announcement. Now, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, we talked about him uh, the last episode. He's the number six safety prospect in the nation. Uh, 24-7 Sports has him as a four-star recruit. The number 19 overall prospect from the state of Florida. He is a Tallahassee, Florida native. 6'1", 180. Um, currently, there are six crystal ball predictions from 24-7 Sports, all for Oklahoma. Uh, among those guys, it's not just local um, Oklahoma insider guys that are giving those crystal ball predictions. you got Steve Wilfong, who's the national... Um, the National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. You've got Andrew Ivins, who's the Southeast Analyst. And then you've got guys like Chris Nee, who is the uh, Florida State Insider right there in Tallahassee, Florida. So if you've got all of those guys that are um, that are offering predictions for him to come to the University of Oklahoma, you know, nothing's a sure thing. Uh, even, even if, if Vickers makes a commitment to Oklahoma, I, I think – We've been burned by this enough. There's not anybody uh, who really follows recruiting and takes it seriously that's going to say this, this kid's a lock um, until he signs on that dotted line when the early signing period begins four months from now. But uh, when you've got six guys and three of those guys are, are, are not from your home state, they're the national guy, the, the, the regional guy, and the, the, the home team kind of guy, they're from Florida State. If they're all predicting Makari Vickers to commit to Oklahoma – then you can pretty much bank on the fact that he's he's going to commit to the University of Oklahoma on Friday, uh, and, and here's the thing he's he's um, I mean he's a four star guy that that everybody wants and 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 they, we're starting to see these battles. You you saw this with Lincoln Riley when when he got to this moment with offensive players, and I think we're going to see that trend continue. You you look at Jackson Arnold and so forth that Oklahoma has locked up in this 2023 class once Jeff Levy's product hits the field uh, in, in a week from Saturday. And people see 
what Jeff Levy's going to do at Oklahoma. They've seen what he can do at Central Florida. They've seen what he can do at Alabama. But once they see that product here at Oklahoma, I think you see you you see offensive recruiting take off to the same level that Lincoln Riley had it at. And and really, I mean, they're doing better on running backs. I mean, come on. This this is a group that this running back room is stacked. Um, and so I think in some areas, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm digressing here from Makari Vickers, but I got to say this. I, I think in some areas, when it comes to Oklahoma's offensive recruiting, they haven't skipped a beat since, since Lincoln Riley left and Jeff Levy stepped in. And if you're an Oklahoma fan, now what you're, what you're hoping doesn't happen is the Mike Leach effect. Whereas if you remember in 1999, Mike Leach comes in and re, uh, you know, kind of reinvents the Oklahoma offense with Josh Heupel. And then they go on uh, the next year in 2000, it's Mark Mangino steps up to take over because Mike Leach is gone. And, and that's, that's a, there's a legitimate potential here with Jeff Levy. His next move I believe, and I think I'm not the only one who believes this, his next move is going to be as a head coach somewhere. Um, all that said, let's get through this season, and then we'll start worrying about that. What I was saying is off defensive recruiting under Brent Venables has been spectacular, and I think you're going to see Makari Vickers just jump in there and be the 21st commitment for this class. Oklahoma's number seven nationally right now, according to the 24-7 sports recruiting rankings. They're number seven nationally, 20 commitments, kind of nipping at the heels of LSU. Um, And is this the commitment? Is this the one that's going to push Oklahoma over the edge and get them another step up closer to a top five ranking? Maybe. We'll we'll see. We'll see how all that shakes out. It looks like it's coming down from Akari Vickers. It looks like it's coming down to Oklahoma, Alabama, and Michigan. And some are saying that Michigan's out, that it's really Oklahoma and Alabama. But I, I kept Michigan in for, for this uh, for this purpose right here, is that if it is Oklahoma, Alabama, and Michigan, that's the same trio of finalists that we had for Jacoby Johnson just a week or so ago. Uh, the, must, the four-star Mustang product uh, came down between Oklahoma, Michigan, and Alabama, and Johnson chose to stay in Oklahoma and and go towards go play for the Sooners if they're able to do that with uh, Makari Vickers, knowing now there's one thing if you're going head to head with Nick Saban, if you're going head to head with Alabama for a kid from your own state and you get him to stay in the state, that's still a win because you're going head to head with Alabama, particularly for a defensive recruit. And I mean, Alabama has just kind of gotten whoever they wanted uh, defensive recruits. But if you win a home state kid, that's one thing. You win that battle with an out-of-state kid, that really lets you know the levels that Oklahoma's defensive recruiting is rising to. And I think on Friday, uh, Oklahoma fans will celebrate a victory uh, in recruiting with Makari Vickers committing to play for the University of Oklahoma. So let's talk some money, right? Let's talk about value of programs. Um, It's not a good situation for the uh, folks down in Austin who are... Well, just taking on the mantra that Oklahoma's poor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line.
Okay, so you remember when all this NIL stuff started really blowing up after last season into this season and uh, Texas signed a deal where all their players get like $50,000 and of course, uh, you know, Texas is Texas, right? Texas is going to Texas and so everything's bigger and better in Texas and they, they acted as if nothing like that had ever been done before and even like trending on Twitter with um, with trash talk was about Oklahoma being poor and not being able to afford those kind of deals, which was absolutely false anyway, uh, but it is what it is. Um, but you know what NIL money can't buy? NIL money cannot buy team chemistry. And that's ultimately where we're going we're gonna to go here with this. Now, there, there was an article that came out um, that talked about the richest college football programs um, based off of the 2019-2020 football seasons. Um, and it's really um, about just revenue, okay? So we're, we're talking revenue only here. And it rated the top 25 programs. Uh, GoBankingRates.com is who came up with this. I have no idea how much validity that they have, but there's reports out there. There's articles linked to it. And so it's got to it's got to carry some weight, right? But anyway, so GoBankingRates.com generated this, uh, this uh, college football wealth top 25 based off of revenue only. And it, it was kind of interesting how some of these rankings panned out. For example, Ohio State, right? You think of Ohio State, they're a blue blood, which, which they are. Uh, you think they have deep pockets, which they do. I think they have one of the largest, if not the largest, athletic budget uh, in the entire nation. But um, football revenue for this period was uh, $43,835,000. 452. So that put them at number 22 on this list. Now, before I go any further, I do want to preface this by saying, you know, 2019, 2020, you, you had a global pandemic there. Um, and the Big Ten was was limited, it limited in what they could do. I think they only played six conference games uh, during that year or something like that. It was maybe they only played their own conference season. And, and then you had games that were canceled and so forth. It was a weird time. Okay. But still, shockingly, Ohio State number uh, 22. Alabama, again, everyone, they're, they're like the bell cow, right? They're like the, uh, the flagship program for all of college football. Alabama's number six on the list, 61,400,246, which, again, I'm not taking a shot here at Alabama, but, I mean, this is a team that repeatedly – makes the college football playoff, not just the playoff, but the championship game repeatedly is hoisting the trophy, repeatedly goes out and gets whoever they want to come play for them. I mean, it, when you when you talk about name recognition in college football, there's probably no greater name recognition than Alabama and the fact that they come in at number six, not even top five. It, to me, that's, that's more mind-blowing than Ohio State being number 22. But here's, here's where we're ultimately going – with this conversation, you've got at number two, the Texas Longhorns, 97,223,872, which again, you know how they feel about their brand, right? You know how they feel about their rec- their logo recognition. They want to charge you to put their logo upside down. They, they, they own the right to Bevo. They own the right to the Longhorn decal. They, they, Longhorn Network. I mean, they they are the biggest and the best. Just ask any Texas fan; they'll validate that and they'll tell you. Except for that, they're not. They're not. During the same time frame, coming in at number one, the only program, the only program 
to break $100 million. That's right, it's your University of Oklahoma. The Sooners come in number one, 101,119,170. That's not even close. When, when you're talking about this much money, you know, that's, a, that's a $4 million difference between Oklahoma and Texas. That's a $40 million difference between Oklahoma and Alabama. I mean, that, that's, that's, uh, that's crazy money right there. And so this idea, as fun as it may be for Texas fans to jump on Twitter and say, uh, make, make poor jokes, well, it's just not true. And, and again, this, this, doesn't, this doesn't take into account NIL money. And, and w- look, when it comes to that, everybody has deep pockets. If you're a blue blood, if you're Notre Dame, if you're Alabama, if you're Oklahoma, if you're Texas, if you're Michigan, you're a blue blood program. You've got deep pockets when it comes to NIL money, and people are being creative in the ways that they're that they're doing this, right? They're they're being creative in the ways that they're that they're bringing their NIL money into the program and getting payers played, and and everybody has their own opinion on that. But I I don't want to go down that road because I think many aspects of it are good. I think many aspects of it are bad. For example, the kid at LSU. Um, uh, the the quarterback that just retired because he didn't get the didn't get the number one job right so he decides I'm gonna walk away from football well guess what he's walking away with a hundred thousand dollars in nil money because it's not performance based it's just based on you signing a contract signing a deal with them so he gets a hundred thousand dollars in nil money and then he decides he's not gonna play football anymore so there 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 is bad to it and it's, I'm still yet to be seen. Uh, in in the terms of what it's going to do to taxes, what it's going to do to uh, basically it's it's free agency in college football and and like I- any program, I mean you you look at NFL programs, you look at NBA franchises, and you know free agency is good and bad there as well. Like the, the Lakers are always going to be able to afford more players than the Cleveland Cavaliers, or we we want to bring it home, you know the 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 Lakers are going to be able to afford more players than the Oklahoma City Thunder are. The small market, large market, NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, free agency is free agency. There's lots of factors that go on into it, but ultimately it's going to be driven by that bottom dollar. And every program, every blue blood program has a bottom dollar. Every blue blood program has the ability to get money, to make money, to send money. And now it's all legal. But what we're finding out is that NIL money might buy you a player like Quinn Ewers for the University of Texas. It's not going to buy you team chemistry. And that that may be a big problem that we didn't see coming in terms of putting guys together who are playing for the money. You, you, You see this happen all the time, again, in professional sports. You think about the New York Yankees with their massive payroll and the players that they put together. You would think that the that the Yankees would win more championships than what they have in recent years since the free agent era really took off based on the amount of money they're able to, to give to players. But then money doesn't buy in to team chemistry. You can look at the Los Angeles Lakers since they got LeBron James. They should have based on the amount of money that they spent on bringing talent in around LeBron James, the Lakers should have exponentially a larger number of, na- of, of I started saying national championships, of NBA championships than what they have based on the money that they spent. Now you're going to see that trickle down 
into college athletics as well, where NIL money could buy you that star. But what happens when that star doesn't get along with the team, doesn't get along with the coaches? Are we going to see this era of football where the star who's getting paid millions of dollars to be at that program, is he going to get a coach fired? The same way Kevin Durant does in the NBA. Is he going to go after his coaches the same way we've seen uh, you know, guys do it in the NFL or Major League Baseball? How is this thing going to happen when you have a team chemistry issue? And, and I think our first project, our first sampling of this is happening in Austin, Texas right now. Where, I mean, it, it, by all accounts, it really looks as if Steve Sarkeesian wanted to start Hudson Card. He wanted Hudson Card to be his top guy, his QB1. And, and everything leaked that, that day before the announcement, everything leaked. It's going to be Hudson Card. Hudson Card will be the guy. And then the day of the announcement, guess who's the start, starting quarterback? It's Quinn Ewers, who, by the way, had tweeted earlier in the week that that announcement was coming. So Twin Ewers knew, he knew that that announcement was coming before Sark did. Sark wanted Hudson Card. And now what you have is you've got a, you've got a potentially divided locker room. You've got a, a coach who's trying to appease two quarterbacks. He's got to play Quinn Ewers because that's what the booster said that he has to do. But he wants to keep Hudson Card on the roster. He wants to keep Hudson Card in, engaged and involved in team prep. And, and Texas is going to start the season with a quarterback controversy. And the first opportunity, really, in my opinion, the first opportunity for this to potentially blow up is going to be that Alabama game. Because if, you, if you're following Texas through the fall, one thing that you're seeing is a glaring weakness on this team is going to be their offensive line. In fact, if you read our, uh, our position rankings we did for, for the Big 12 sports at heartland-sports.com, we did our position rankings. I wasn't high on the Texas offensive line. And again, that's not, I mean, I'm not alone. This is all over. People are high on the Texas offensive line. But that Alabama game, it could be brutal. It could be brutal for Quinn Ewers. It could be brutal for Hudson Card. And it's going to, it, that is going to help either foster a healthy locker room based on how that situation uh, goes, or it's going to help blow that locker room up. And man, we're going to find out. NIL money can get you the players, but can it get you that chemistry? I don't think it can. And again, our first sampling of this is probably going to be the Texas Longhorns. We got your true or false questions coming up. We'll close. Oh, wait. You know, we got to talk about Justin Harrington. I, I got some questions about Justin Harrington, and then, then we'll get into true or false. Okay, so you probably know the story of Justin Harrington and just kind of the plight that he's taken in his collegiate career. But just in case, let's 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 travel back in time. A junior college member of the 2020 class, Bakersfield College out of Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, was the number one safety, JUCO safety prospect uh, in in the nation, according to 24-7 Sports. Currently, he's 6'3", 215 pounds, which is pretty much the same size as when he came to Oklahoma as a part of that 2020 class, but he's never really found his spot. And and there's there's several reasons why. I mean, well, there's possibilities as to why. You, you and, and I think probably the 2022 season will shed light more so um, than anything else on, on why he never made it to the field at the University of Oklahoma. He was a composite, the number seven JUCO player 
in the country in 2020, and and again ends up at Oklahoma, immediately injured and misses the 2020 season, and then 2021 just finally walks away from the program. They enter the transfer portal because he didn't fit, and and the question you have to ask yourself is why did he not fit? At six three two fourteen, he's he's pretty big for a safety, but again, I mean, big safeties have been around before. And they're kind of coming back around full circle. There, there's two there's two schools of thought here on Justin Harrington. And like I said, the 2022 season will probably shed more light on which of the two uh, is really prevalent and in, in, in why he hasn't seen time on the field. The, the first school of thought is that he just didn't adjust from junior college to power five football. That 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 leap. He, he didn't make that leap. Mentally and physically, you know, at 6'3, 215, physically, you know, he's there. But mentally, he didn't make that leap uh, into Alex Grinch's defense. Now, that's one school of thought. The other school of thought is that he, you know, Alex Grinch was notorious for kind of having his guys, right? Like, Alex Grinch had his favorites, he had the guys he wanted on the field. And, and Alex Grinch wasn't the only, only coach who who was that way with this staff. I mean, think think about two guys, right? Think about Marvin Mims saying that if Lincoln Riley had stayed, he was going to leave. These, these guys, they're, they're, they, the rotation of what, when they were and when they weren't on the field was so confusing and, and affected the psyche so much of players that it really, it really kind of stole their confidence. And, and, you know, the other guy, I said Marvin Mims, but the other guy who's a great example of this is Jaden Davis. I mean, Jaden Davis was was terrific as a freshman. I, I said both on this podcast and on our on our website, heartland-sports.com, I, I, I said Jaden Davis, the best defensive back this program has. When he was a freshman, fundamentally, he was solid. His technique was there, his coverage was good, and he was physical. And something happened between 2019 and 2021 that just rocked that kid's confidence. And Jaden Davis went from being the star of this defensive secondary, particularly at the cornerback position, to really being a guy who came off the bench. And I don't know why. I mean, they're, they're, look, I, I, DJ Graham has the big interception against Nebraska last year. Everybody rallies to that. And I, I got no beef against DJ Graham. I got no beef against Woody Washington. I mean, it's good to have a, a, full, a, a full room of defensive backs, particularly on the corners. But Jaden Davis regressed from 2019 to 2020 to 2021 his by far his worst season as a sooner and how does a guy go from being fundamentally sound to really struggling something happened to his confidence and it could be again I'm I'm just throwing out there a theory it could be that because Alex Grinch liked his guys and refused to take his guys off the field guys with better talent didn't make it, and their confidence was wrecked. This is just a theory, but it's it's a potential true theory that I think the 2022 season will play out. So Harrington walks away from this from this program, and and, and you could say maybe the situation was dysfunctional. If we're going to go with theory number two, he walks away from it. Brent Venables comes in, sees a guy like Justin Harrington, six three two fifteen, and thinks I could use that guy. Brings him back out of the portal, lets him come back to the team. He, he, he 
Harrington, to his credit, gets references from current players who spoke up to him, but spoke up for him to Brent Venables. I mean, Brent Venables loves the possibility and the potential here. I mean, you've got a guy that hits like a linebacker, covers like a safety. The question is, where does he belong? Where does he belong in this defense? Because I don't think he's going to crack the code at the safety position when it looks like you've got Key Lawrence and Billy Bowman locking down the strong safety and free safety safety positions. You got Jordan Mukes and Justin Broyles right behind them. In the spring, you saw Justin Broyles and Jerry Kanak run that cheetah position. And I think that's where Harrington fits in the best with this team. Broyles, Broyles, you know, he's a redshirt senior. You know, he's a guy that had all the all the talent, all the potential, just really got blistered in that Peach Bowl game against LSU, has never been a guy that that Oklahoma thought he was going to be. And when I say Oklahoma, I'm talking about the fans. But as a chance at the free safety position, I think that's a natural spot for him. And I think he'll be a good backup to Billy Bowman. I, I think when you look at Jaron Kanak, that, that kid has 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 strong side linebacker written all over him. Now he's going to be further down on the depth chart there because I think Shane Whittier is probably going to lock that down this year with Clayton Smith as a backup. But Jaron Kanak's probably a future All-American. And, and maybe he can transition over to that cheetah position because he's got the speed. But I, I when I when I break down Oklahoma's defensive depth chart, I don't have Justin Harrington on it because I don't know where he fits. Unless you put him at that cheetah spot. There, there's the potential with TD Roof out. I mean, again, he's got the size, 6'3, 215. There's the potential he could back up Deshaun White. I mean, think about it. I mean, Deshaun White, size-wise. They're they're very similar, are they not? So I mean, why why can he not back up White? White's six foot two eighteen, so Harrington is actually taller than White, and only has three less pounds. I just think when you look at the speed, I mean, again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw out that weak side linebacker position just because your next guy back there is Kip Lewis, who's a true freshman. So maybe there's potential there on the weak side, but the cheetah position is where I think he he fits the most to get on this field. And it's possible he could play cheetah and be the backup at weak side. He could do both. But I mean, it's, it's it, this is the kid that you kind of cheer for, right? Because he came in with all the hype. He came in with all the possibilities. And, and so far in his Oklahoma career, all that he's been is hype. Because he's never been given the opportunity. If there's one good thing about the Venables coaching staff, everybody has the opportunity. You just got to question where is Harrington going to fit and where can he take advantage of that? Again, my money's on the cheetah position. Hit me up on, on Twitter, at Sports Heartland, at Sports Heartland on Twitter. Let me know. Where do you think Justin Harrington fits in? Let's talk about your true false questions. Well, my favorite part of the podcast is quickly becoming and has been the uh, true or false, where you guys reach out to us and send us your thoughts, and uh, we tell you whether your statement is true or false, and then I tell you why. 
um, I believe it's true or false. So we got five again this week. It was a little bit of a stretch because the the very last one actually came in about 15 minutes before I started recording. Uh, so just real quick, you can hit us up uh, on Twitter at Sports Heartland and make your true or false statement, and we'll jump it in there. Uh, we try to do five every week. So sometimes we have more than five, and we we either have to eliminate or we do more than that. And then sometimes we have like two or three, but right now we got right at five. Uh, at Sports Heartland on Twitter if you want to participate. Or you can always... Uh, you can always email us, heartland underscore sports at yahoo.com, or you can drop a statement off on the website, heartland-sports.com. Each podcast has its own post, and you can drop off your true or false question there, our statement. Here we go. Uh, this comes from JT. JT says, true or false, Dylan Gabriel will take home postseason hardware this se- this fall. Um, yes, that's true. I, and I don't know what kind of... Uh, I don't know what kind of postseason hardware you're talking about here, JT, but I do know that, like, even today, as I'm recording this, that uh, Dylan Gabriel was put on the watch list for the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, um, which, again, I mean, that's just one of many, many postseason awards that Gabriel is uh, is on, on the list for. Now, if you're talking about Heisman Trophy um, I, I think he has the chance. I really do with, with the re- reunion of of, uh, of Jeff Levy, I think he has a chance to be in the conversation for that. We'll see how the season plays out, whether he'll actually be a finalist. But um, if you're talking about championships, I've already said I'm on, I'm on record saying that I believe Oklahoma is your 2022 Big 12 champions in football. So he's going to take on that kind of hardware. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that he'll, he'll, he'll leave this season with some sort of award, trophy, or medal. Um, I just don't know specifically what you're asking for, but I think the odds are likely, likely that Dylan Gabriel has some uh, some postseason hardware, one form or the other, uh, by the time it's all said and done. Um, true or false, this comes from Terry. <laughs> I love it. True or false, Stuart Mandel is out of his ever-loving mind. Now, this is this is absolutely true. And if you've not been keeping up with this, um, Stuart Mandel um, just went, like Terry says, he lost his, his ever-loving mind uh, with a prediction that Oklahoma and, um, and Texas would, would struggle in the Big 12. Now, now they, when I say struggle, I mean like heavily struggle. He has, uh, he has Oklahoma, I believe, losing to Nebraska. I think he picked the Sooners all together to go 5-4 and four in conference play. So yeah, he's got Oklahoma at seven and five overall, five and four in Big Twelve play, and, and here, here's the thing: is that Mandel made the mistake, and I've I've typically have enjoyed reading and 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 you know talking to him from his Sports Illustrated days to where he is now with the Athletic. Um, he made the mistake of saying of not saying I made a mistake, so he tries to dig a hole deeper and deeper. Uh, well, he doesn't. He tries to explain his way out of this, and there's actually a, a pretty good. Um, there's actually a, a pretty good uh, Twitter thread with just just look up Stuart Mandel on Twitter, and there's I mean, Sooner Nation came after him, and really he dug the hole deeper instead of just saying, you know what, I made a mistake, and 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 and, and what it comes down to is Lincoln Riley leaving to go to USC. And these guys on the national level, 
putting their stock into known commodities. Remember what I said about Spencer Sanders being the preseason All-Big 12 quarterback. And the reason why is because he's a known commodity. And, and that's the only reason why. To the Big 12 media, they know what they have in Spencer Sanders. They don't know what JT Daniels is going to be like at West Virginia. They don't know what Dylan Gabriel is going to be like at Oklahoma. And, and they don't know what's going to happen at Texas. But they know what they got in Spencer Sanders. And, and Stuart Mandel is kind of going the same way when, when you look at the coaches in the Big 12, Lincoln Riley, who was the king of the conference, is gone. So here's what I know based off of that. And that's why this prediction came up, which is a very far-fetched. I mean, I would bet money. I would bet the farm on this not happening. Uh, Oklahoma, If Oklahoma goes 7-5, and five, then the entire Sooner Nation needs to bow down to Stuart Mandel and say, dude, you were right. But, it, I mean, there's just – I don't even see how that's – a remote possibility, especially five and four in Big Twelve play. Um, so yeah, Terry, I agree with you. Stuart Mandel is out of his ever loving mind, and and again, not because he made uh, an atrocious prediction, but because he couldn't really defend it. Now you, you go back and you tell me exactly who they're going to lose to. You go back and you tell me how that's going to happen, how it's going to shake down. Um, but that when he tried to do that, he just dug that hole deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and that's where you just kind of, you, you lose a little bit of respect and, and all credibility uh, when you make that mistake. And that's, that's the road that Stuart Mandel chose to go down. Uh, going with Jim, uh, Jim says, true or false, Oklahoma will sign a top five recruiting class for 2023. Uh, Jim, I've been saying this for a while now. The Sooners are at um, number seven the way it is. And, 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 and when you look at some of these guys that are predicted to come in, we already talked about. Makari Vickers here in this uh, in this podcast, but you got the Jordan Renault kid, you got um, Colton Vasek, who's already who, who just made his commitment last at the end of last month. Uh, you got Anthony Evans, a four star receiver. Um, th- these guys that are that are supposed to continue to be a part of this class, um, yeah, I, I think I think absolutely they'll be a top five. Uh, and again, I've been saying this for a while that uh, that. The, the pieces are falling together. Um, you got these guys that the 20, 20 commitments Oklahoma has now, 21 if you count Vickers tomorrow on, on Friday the 26th, those are the guys who want to get the process over with and focus on their last year of high school. And then there's guys who just want to enjoy the, the every every ounce of, of being a recruit, and they'll be coming in uh, October, November, December, making their commitments. And um, and I, I think you're going to see Oklahoma make a strong push uh, to be top five. And so, yeah, Jim, I, I, that's true. And I just realized I've been I've been true on on all of them so far. So let's go down here, John. John says um, true or false? Jaden Gibson has the most potential amongst the freshmen to have an impact in 2022. Man, uh, whoa, that, that's a good one. Um, you know, Jaden Gibson had that, that long touchdown reception in this, in the spring game. And he, he has that to his credit. Uh, we, we've talked about Jaron Kanak and, and the thing is, again, I, I think, I think his future's at linebacker. Um, but I think he's, he's, when you look at Deshaun White, David Aguebu, Danny Stutzman, even guys like Kobe McKenzie that at this point I would have ahead of Jaron Kanak. I think ultimately uh, when you look at his speed and athleticism, 
I think ultimately he's going to be a force. Uh, I just don't know if, if he can have a a, um, a Danny Stutzman type freshman season just because I don't know that the window's there like it was for Danny Stutzman. Um, Jalen Gibson, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going I'm to make it four in a row um, to, to agree with you guys. I think Jaden Gibson, here, here's the reason why, uh, is because of his speed. We, we, we saw the flash of that in the spring game on that long touchdown. I mean, it was a very short pass from Malachi, uh, what was it, Micah Bowens. I started saying Malachi Nelson. There was a mistake. A short pass from Micah Bowens that Gibson turned into a 90-plus yard touchdown. Um, and I think that's the reason why. So, so John, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say true, and I'm going to say true because I think guys like Gavin Salchuk, who will get on – uh, they'll get on the field, but I've already talked about Gavin Solchuk and, and the depth. I think Jaron Kanak, same thing. You you got you got depth there, um, and um, I, I I think it's easier. I think it'd be easier for Roe uh, to get um, to get out there. Um, not not Roe, sorry, uh, for Gibson uh, to get out there. And I, I'm just rambling now, so I'm gonna say yes. It's true. It's true. Jaden Gibson has the most potential amongst the freshmen to have an impact in 2022. All right, here we go. Last one. Uh, this is from Don. Um, we're going back to Dylan Gabriel. True or false, Dylan Gabriel will be one and done at OU. Um, hey, I'm going to disagree. First one, I, I've got four trues, and here's my first false. Don, I don't think so. I, I And I, I think what you're leaning at is uh, NFL talent, um, which I think he will have it. But I, I think when you look at size, I think he compares a lot to Baker Mayfield and where now you've got two and a half seasons, not quite two and a half seasons of tape of him at central Florida, Baker Mayfield, you know, he stayed and was the number one overall pick. Um, Dylan Gabriel is going to need to have two seasons to have something along those lines to be a, to be a first round draft pick or a high round draft pick. Um, he, he only improves his chances by staying two seasons at OU. Now he has to get that medical red shirt. And I think that's definitely going to happen, but, um, I'm going to say this is going to be false. I, th- I think Dylan Gabriel kind of turns some heads in 2022 and then really starts building his NFL draft stock in 2023. So disagree with you, Donna. I, th- I think, uh, this is false. I think, I think Dylan G- Gabriel is a two year starter at the university of Oklahoma. All right, that wraps it up for this episode of the Sooner Nation podcast. We're thankful that you've come along for the ride wherever you stream us. If you get us on Apple Podcasts, if you get us on Spotify, if you get us on iHeartRadio, wherever it is, make sure you give us a rating, a good rating. If you don't like us, then just don't listen. Don't give us a bad rating. Um, and then find us on the internet, heartland-sports.com. Find us on Twitter, at Sports Heartland. Enjoy your weekend. It's the last weekend without Oklahoma football. We'll, we'll be back next week to talk Sooners and Miners as Oklahoma gets ready to start the 2022 college football season. From Sooner, everybody. Yeah.